I'm Aaron. I'm Camille. And this is It's All Mahalo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of It's All Mahalo with Aaron and Camille. This week, instead of looking back at our weeks, Camille and I look back at our years. So we talk about a lot in this episode, and we really hope you can get something out of it. Thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoy this episode. Five hours later. (laughs) Camille, we finally made it together. We did. Virtually. Virtually. This is our first ever virtual podcast. Let's see how it works. It could honestly, we could do all of it and it could end up being terrible, but it's the thought that counts. (laughs) We're trying, everybody. We're trying. So we didn't release an episode last week. We did. Because it was Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And we also drove all the way from Philadelphia to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, down to Camille's house. 19 hours of fun in a car. (laughs) (laughs) 19 hours of fun and back pain. Um, And we finally (laughs) made it. And then we were going to record a podcast down in Florida. But you know how it is when you're around family and everybody wants to do stuff. And then it's like you just spend time with your family and you don't try to force having a conversation and recording it. (laughs) So (laughs) It's okay. We eventually made it. We also did not realize how difficult it would be to set up a virtual podcast, setting up our podcast from two different states. So five hours later, here we are. <laughs> yeah, it took us a very, very long time. We would have had this up by Saturday, but okay. it was okay. A lot of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, it, that's the boring part. Okay, so Camille and I decided that because it's the end of the year and the end of a decade, we were going to do a year in review. So we each kind of uh, created, instead of creating a list of what we learned this week, we kind of created a list of what we learned this year. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a good way for us to kind of just see where we did our best, where we weren't our best, and how we can move forward, not just ourselves, but together. And we wanted to share that with everyone. Yeah. So cool. And I always do kind of like a yearly checkpoint. So Mm -hmm. I think doing this now with somebody, especially you... My girlfriend of over three years. Maybe we can, uh, <laughs> maybe we can, yeah, make be more intentional, intentional about how we're moving into, <laughs> about how we're moving into next year. So, love that. All right, let's get to it. Feel free to get us started, Camille. All right. So number one, simplicity. Simplicity. Big takeaway. <laughs> knock on medicine for the people. Good knock on song. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've noticed that over the past year, my happiest self has been and has come from moments where I am just living simply. My year started out in Ecuador with a group of, you know, really close friends of mine now. And I was there for a week pretty much just getting to know people in Ecuador, learning about their culture, learning about who they are as a community and starting my year off that way really showed me how simplicity can be extremely important in my life not only for my well-being but also for my relationships with others in my life and so I think that my happiest self comes from someone who values that simplistic lifestyle and who follows it through and keeps it you know at the forefront of my life so I remember you came back from Ecuador and <laughs> and you looked and like you 
were just sitting in your room and you like art and so you have all this art hung up on your walls and stuff that you made and stuff that you got from other places Mm -hmm. and then you had all these shelves that had different teas on it and different all this extra stuff and I remember you just had this one day where you were so overwhelmed that you just like were like crying Mm -hmm. and we were like okay let's how can we bring what you learned in Ecuador um, into Philadelphia so we basically simplified everything in your room yeah we I separated everything that I didn't need that didn't bring me joy that didn't bring me happiness that didn't bring me energy into bags to donate and everything that did bring me joy and value to my life I make I made sure that I had a place for it in my room kept everything organized out of the way we put stuff that I didn't need out in boxes and stored it somewhere and I pretty much just that was when I really started to get to know the minimalistic lifestyle firsthand but not just because it's something cool that a lot of people are doing now but it's for my well-being and how I can then move forward you know trying to live that lifestyle out that I learned in Ecuador yeah there's a book and I don't remember the name of it and I didn't even read it, but I heard about it. And I, the ladies, <laughs> I didn't the, la- even read it. the ladies on a lot of podcasts and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, sh- it's basically like the art of decluttering or something like that, decluttering your life. And she is all about. Oh, is she on? Br- is she on a podcast with Ben Greenfield? I think so. Yeah, I listened to that. That's great. Let's link that podcast. Yeah, we'll yeah link so it. that's probably where you got the idea. Does yeah. this bring me joy? Does this not bring me joy? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so enlightening. And then why do you need things that don't bring you joy? Like, so now, how has your idea of simplicity changed? Because you you mentioned, like, minimalist. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think you would consider yourself a minimalist, and I don't think I would consider myself a minimalist. But, like, how, how do you see simplicity in, I don't know, how do you want to live a simple life, I guess is my question. Yeah, I mean, I think from coming back from Ecuador, I definitely started to think more about what I'm buying so I mean in general I don't really buy new clothes that often but when I do I always think of do I need this am I going to get good use out of it pretty much just is this practical in my life and am am I going to use it okay pretty much so it's like almost like a yeah it's almost like preventative right instead of just Mm -hmm. trying to like cure everything and fix everything that you already have what you're saying is okay instead of getting more stuff i'm gonna make sure if i really need it i'm just gonna get it yeah and you know this kind of goes into something i learned this year as well and i learned it through this book called vagabonding i think it's uh vagabonding the art of long-term world travel or something like that and it's a book about how to travel the world without much with basically just a backpack and how to do it relatively inexpensively and, and how to fund it and and where to go, all this other stuff. And the cool thing about the book is you don't even need to use it for as a travel guide, but you can use it just as a way to structure your life. And cause there's a lot of good takeaways in it. And one of the takeaways is like travel light. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to be free when you have all this extra baggage something that has really become apparent in my life this past year has has been that freedom is one of the highest values that I hold. You know, it's not just because I live in the United States, but just having the ability to choose what I want to do 
or do what I want to do, you know, when I want to do it or, you know, work where I want to work or be eat what I want to eat. So it's having this freedom and this book is kind of like, hey, you can have this freedom, but you need to get rid of all these other extraneous things all this other commitment that doesn't serve you. And that was a kind of a big takeaway from this year was you don't need things to make you happy. You just need, you don't even need experiences to make you happy. It's like you are sufficient in making yourself happy and living a good life. So that other stuff kind of sometimes gets in the way. Yeah. It's also interesting to bring that baggage up and the freedom up and something I noticed recently uh, within the past week or so was um, my family and I wanted to go to dinner. I think it was the day after Christmas. It was the day after Christmas and we wanted to go to dinner. So, and the restaurant we wanted to go to was in a mall near Miami. And we got there. And How I, far is that from your house? It was a, Well, it was about an hour away, but typically it only takes like 40 minutes to get there. It was because it was raining and there was traffic and stuff. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, but so we got there and the very first thing I noticed was it is more packed today in this mall than I have ever seen in my entire life before. And that was really shocking to me because uh, Christmas is notoriously known for giving gifts to people you know things so yeah. things Getting yeah things, exactly yeah and so why are all of these people in the mall the day after they get the most gifts for the entire year you know i yeah. don't know it was just it was really eye-opening to me and i didn't really understand it to be quite honest um my dad pointed out that there were a lot of sales and clearances and then my grandpa said probably people wanting to return their gifts and I don't know, I kind of think it's deeper than that. It's, I personally don't like going to the mall. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been to the mall on Black Friday and the mall the day after Christmas was more packed than it was on Black Friday. I didn't understand it. It could have been people returning things. It could have been for the sales. It could have been for X, Y, and Z reasons. But it doesn't take away the fact that the people were there at the mall shopping. Yeah. So yeah. when, you know, like the day after Christmas... You know, some people have to work, which we understand, but it's also just a day you could be with your family. People are in town and, and it's a good time to just relax and unwind after the busy holiday season. And, you know, it, that speaks a lot to just our culture and our consumerism. We're just all about consuming. And yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I feel like you and I have kind of grown into more of a simple mindset this year. I think so too. You know, I think it was sparked by Ecuador, but then just seeing people around us and seeing going to yard sales and seeing people that have all this extra stuff mm-hmm. that they just don't need. And then you're just like, I do not want to be like that. I do not want all that stuff. Definitely. I didn't even think about the yard sailing um, until you just brought this up. But I remember driving, we were driving to Canada and back from Canada and we were going through New York, I think. It was New York, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were driving through New York, and there was yard sale after yard sale after yard sale. And we we finally, <laughs> we were like, okay, fine. We have to stop at one, because if we don't stop at one, then we're going to be sad we missed one. You know, at least one. So we stopped at the one, and this man had, oh, probably like a house Yeah. I don't know if of... we talked about this before in another podcast, but yeah, it was a barn sale. 
Yeah. And he in his barn he emptied out only half of his barn, but it was stuff filling an entire acre and a half of land mm-hmm. just laid out. Oh, and, so oh. And he told us he was trying to get rid of a lot of it, but he was also trying uh, having a really hard time doing so. So it makes you question, you know, Aaron and I are 21, 22 right now. We are at a part in our life where we don't want to eventually get to that point. But I think it takes seeing someone like that old, like he's doing his best to try to reverse what he didn't know once in his life before. And we have this great opportunity to to learn so much at this point in our lives to know that we don't want to have all that extra stuff. And it's the same thing. It's like the more you have, like he was trapped by his stuff. He can't just meet, he can't just move. You know, he can't just do what he wants. He has all this extra stuff that's blocking him from, from doing what he wants to do. And, you know, it's like this, this hoarding mindset, but then everybody has, you know, people have this all over the place because people still think that money and things make you happy. People get more houses and more cars and more clothes. And it's just trying to fill this void that's caused by something deeper but people still think that oh if i have money then i'll be happy and jim carrey has the famous quote i think we've mentioned it before it's like i wish everybody could have everything they've ever wanted just to realize that that's not what it's all about Mm -hmm. and that's not how you get happy yeah and i've had teachers before in high school and i have a vivid memory of a teacher that i had in high school who said she wishes she had more wealth but wealth in terms of money so that she would be happier Mm mm-hmm and I was the one that <laughs> I raised my hand in that class. And I was just I, pretty much in, in my high school age. I was just like, I don't think that's the answer. And she just made fun of me in front of the whole class. And obviously, yeah, that it was upsetting to me at that time. And I still remember it. So it, it's an imprint on my mind. But at the same time, it's a valuable lesson to be learned because I just I still don't think that's the answer. And And a lot of people don't think it's the answer. But... I don't know. I think we're learning a lot. I think we're learning a lot about this. And I mean, I think the name of our podcast, you know, it's all Mahalo. It's like what, maybe if you're grateful for what you actually have, you realize you don't need that much more. Yeah. I think it also just goes deeper than the things we were saying before. It goes, it's the internal, like, what does myself bring to the table? What can I enjoy in this earth and with mother nature instead of stuff around me it's like who who am i right and that's the ultimate question that's the question we're all asking Mm -hmm. and you can try to identify with your titles and your prestige and your things but really you know i'm a bmw owner but that's not who you are and the only way to find out who you are is to strip away all that extra stuff and just sit and be with yourself and really do some work i think that also comes with the challenge of being uncomfortable and it's in our it's in our human nature to not want to be uncomfortable, but at the same time, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to. It's it's also like when you're in the gym and you're lifting, the times where mm-hmm. you gain the most muscle are when you push past your threshold of lifting weights. You know, like that's when you're going to gain that muscle. And you can correct me on the technical terms of whatever I'm saying because I know you're no, judging was, me in your mind. <laughs> I'm not. That was the gist of it. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go on a whole tangent of 20 minutes to explain no, how don't. muscle mass grows, but... <laughs> please don't. Please don't. We know you that. <laughs> but and if you do, check out flow training. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's my business. Um, okay. that That is interesting. So um, the uncomfortability part, 
Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> Let's can we um, keep this in? <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. And yeah, so these past couple summers, I worked at a golf course and I was caddying and I made pretty good money, cash under the table, cool stuff. And it was it was really, really um, rewarding. But this past summer, I really wanted to get this training program up and running. Uh, I've been working on it with my best friend, Paul, for a while. It's a bodyweight training program. And we put a lot of a lot of hours into it. And I, I was trying to get the website up and running and the membership site and the ClickBank, all this other stuff. And I just made a decision. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop working and I'm going to work on this business. I'm going to invest in myself. It might not mean making money right now, but I know one day it'll set me up for making money. And that day has not yet come. I'm sure it will one day. I know it will. I'm confident it will. But I stepped out of the comfort of making money and doing what I knew and into what I was passionate about, which always comes with uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, I think you also taking the step toward that goal and that mindset is also really important because that shows that your action your actions are speaking over your words you know and the fact that you're doing all of this now instead of 20 30 years down the line when you regret when you've been regretting it because you didn't do it now I think that that makes the world of a difference because if you could have done something and you know this will eventually turn into a profit then you would have never known that this could have happened for you when you did have the time and the opportunity to do it. And I don't know. I just think that makes the biggest difference. I love that when you were explaining that your arm was moving all over the place, <laughs> just like pointing. <laughs> FaceTime. FaceTime is so efficient. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's like, how can you make yourself uncomfortable now and just bet on yourself? Even if it doesn't work out, you know, I have full faith that it will, but even if it doesn't, I'm going to know that I gave it a, my best shot, you know, and if I, and if I run out of money, cause I didn't make enough money in the summer, it's like, I know that I invested in myself and I gave myself a shot. Whereas a lot of people can't say that. And I, I just, I just can't help but think, I mean, I've learned so much from having this biz- fitness business and and trying to make this product already and there's still so much to learn but if I didn't take those two three weeks to like iron everything out I don't know where I would be so yeah I mean taking the time to invest in ourselves right this Camille and I have kind of done this too so Camille had a really busy start of the semester the fall semester she was working at a at our you know therapy place and she was in all of her classes and including her master's classes and she was just really busy and she found that she was getting stuck in this place where she um she wasn't doing what she wanted to do she was doing everything for everybody else and nothing kind of for herself and then we had this idea of the podcast for a while and so then we we started it and i don't know this kind of goes right along with the passions thing it's like maybe just take the time and and roll the dice and see where a personal passion project takes you. Definitely. I also think that <laughs> my speaking skills have gotten a lot better. And not because <laughs> we started this with the aim for my speaking skills to get a lot better. Even though I'm still not great at it. We're, Neither am I. <laughs> we're, we're, ma- working. we're, we're making working strides. But our motivation to start this podcast wasn't for anyone else. It was for ourselves. And it was for our 
you know, personal relationship growth journal, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, here we are. We did it. This is week 10. This is our year of you. We've been doing this for months now. And I think that our perseverance and our persistence for our passion and integrating our passion into our weekly lives, I think is really important also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I just the idea of, of the podcast. So why are we doing it? We're doing it for us. But like, what is it for? It's to recognize what we've learned and to be more conscious of what we learned and to like go through life with a learning mindset because yeah, we might have really hard weeks, but then we're put ourselves in a position where we're forced to reflect because we want to have an enlightening conversation instead of not even looking at my life and just saying, Oh, that was a hard week. Oh, let's like relax a little bit. Let's watch some Netflix. It's like, Oh, that was a hard week. I learned this, this, and this, this reminds me of this other things I learned in the summer or this thing I learned from the book. And then it like re-solidifies this learning. And then it becomes a process of learning instead of something that happens just in the classroom or from one article you read online or, you know, it's just like this assimilating process. Yeah, this is what I was saying to you yesterday, just on the phone while we were trying to set everything up again. Um, (laughs) I'm getting frustrated. Yeah, I was saying that if we were to just go through life and not reflect on anything we're learning or doing and we just kept going, kept going, kept going. How aware would we be of our patterns two years ago, five years ago to now? And how would we be moving forward as two individuals next year? I feel like I personally wouldn't, I don't know, I just feel like I wouldn't be as aware and I wouldn't improve as much. I'd fall back into the same old patterns that I always do. Yeah. And we always do that anyways, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We already always do it. Yeah, how can you how can you mitigate that? How can you try your best to not fall in the same patterns? Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know, I think reflecting and trying to learn and then eventually making kind of an intention for for the next cycle of your life, the next whether it be a year or a month or a quarter or whatever. Yeah. Also, one more thing. I feel like reflecting also helps you dig deeper because if I feel like one new year intention that a lot of people do that's very common and everyone kind of knows is I'm gonna go to the gym more often right the week after the new year starts everyone's in the gym again and then two three weeks after the new year starts everyone falls back off Mm -hmm. but I think the really cool thing about reflecting is digging deeper as to why did I fall off last time is there something that prevented me from going to the gym more frequently is is it should I be focusing more so on my habits? Is it something that I have within myself that is preventing me to going to the gym more often? Should Am I going for external reasons or am I going because I myself want to be a healthier and a better person? So it's mm-hmm. I think it, that's also something that helps with reflection. Yeah. I mean, asking the question, why? Yeah. We've gotten away from that in a lot of things we do, you know, whether it be like like Western medicine is mostly symptom based. Like the question, why is this happening is hardly ever asked, but that's just kind of pervasive in our culture. We don't really ask the question why mm-hmm. when that's the most in quest- important question. Cause it's like the, maybe the reason that you didn't make it to the gym when you said you were going to make it to last January was because deep down you have these repeating self-destructive patterns programmed from your trauma in your childhood 
and you just can't get yourself to a place where you look at yourself in the mirror and you love what you see. You know, maybe it's like you just have to look at yourself and say like, oh, are you serious? And it's just maybe it's this subconscious thing that's deep down and super destructive. But if you never ask the question why, you're never going to be like, wow, maybe I need to go talk to somebody about this. Or wow, maybe I need to do some self-work before I like some internal work before I go and do external work on my body, hmm. you know, and, and the question why it's like nobody asks it. Why are your new year's resolutions not working? It's like, oh, I don't have enough time. It's like, no, that's the excuse that you're using. What is the real reason? Like, why won't you get out of bed? Yeah, but it all comes back to balance, really. That was kind of a roundabout way of saying it. <laughs> it's okay. We got there. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Asking why. People need to ask why more. Mm-hmm. Not even just about themselves, about everything that's going on around them. Because we don't really know the reason behind everything. All right. This is one, just one scenario that I can think of off the top of my head. Someone says something mean about someone or to someone, right? And then all of a sudden they find out that that person has something really terrible going on in their life. Mm-hmm. What does that person say? The one that said something mean to the other one. They say, well, I didn't know, right? Instead of just acting with compassion and with kindness, then they wouldn't need to know everything that's going on in someone's life for them to be kind to them. That was a really poor way of explaining it, but... Um, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can, you can re-explain it if you know what I'm talking about. No, I mean, I think, I think we got the gist of it. It's like somebody is mean to somebody else and they have no idea what's going on in their life. They think the only thing that matters is me. The only thing that matters is what's going on in my life. And I am having a horrible day. Mm -hmm. You know, you never look with eyes of empathy and compassion on the other person to see what, you know, who they really are, what they're really struggling with. Every single person you think is evil or you think hates you was once a baby. And they were this clean slate that just was receptive to the world. And sometimes that baby was hurt and traumatized. You know, it's like you never know what happened, why somebody is acting the way they are acting. Mm -hmm. That's why these things like judgment are so trivial. Yeah. And at the, at the root of everyone's behavior, if you're going into psych, it's just mainly everyone wants to be loved. Maybe their actions aren't aligning with someone who seems like they want to be loved, but at the core they want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Everyone wants to be loved. And the, and then the trap is like people think attention is love. Mm-hmm. And then people think I'm going to be loved if I have X, Y, and Z. And then it just keeps going. If you want to be loved, you have to first love yourself. And how do you love yourself? Well, you get to know yourself. And you sit with yourself. Yeah. And you're present. It's always it's always interesting when people want to make judgments on and of course, you know, we both fall into this. Absolutely. Because we're we're humans. Like people make judgments about others and they don't we don't know their full story. They don't know our full story. So when people make judgments about us, they don't know we barely even know who we are. So mm-hmm. I don't why do I let what they say matter so much to me when like they're trying to say who I am I don't even know who I am exactly. how can you know who I am yeah and we why does your judgment yeah. mean anything to me and we've talked about this before too but mm-hmm. that was a nice conversation mm-hmm.
but we're still so, going. <laughs> we're still going. We have a couple more things to cover. So, Camille, do you want to talk a little bit about emotions? So, a lot of emotions I experienced this past year, some stemmed from experiencing loss in my family, some stemmed from pressure and stress that I experienced throughout my semester, some stemmed from experiencing freedom, you know? So, it was all good and bad. But I think taking them as they came and not expecting myself to get over them quickly allowed me to process them more fully. That's an interesting takeaway. Yeah, I think when we're in a state of depression or we're in a state of elation, we have this short-sighted vision and we think it's going to last forever. And it's like it's not. All things are cyclical. And so there's always for the highs there will be lows and for the lows there will be highs and then there will be a like a kind of a middle ground a neutral ground and I think like our goal is to just raise that neutral ground to a little bit higher level you know so a little bit more towards the joy at all times and so we can't kind of recalibrate that middle ground until we go through the the negative times and until we go through the the really good times and so I mean, I don't know if this is true for you, Camille, but like this year, I've had to experience a lot of emotions as well. I had uh, two people close to me die and, you know, it puts you in a really, really low place because you you recognize that you'll never see them again and you recognize your own mortality and then you can stay there or you can just go to bed and wake up the next day and then look back and be like, wow maybe reflecting on death can help me live a better life and live a better life, live a better life. And then you raise the bar of, of this neutral place where you're normally at, like your standard emotional state and you just raise it to a higher level. I mean, that's kind of what I've experienced this year through the many ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, I've also had two people close to me. My two grandparents just recently passed away. So I think your take on the situation is definitely really interesting, but I kind of had When my grandpa passed away over the summer, I kind of had the opposite effect of, you know, I was definitely really sad and it made me realize my own mortality. But at the same time, the only thing I could think of was his story as as a person and how he lived his best life and how I wanted to take what I learned into my life and process that and live with that freedom and that passion that we've already talked about and have already honestly started to do for ourselves. I think that's the most important part. Yeah. But then letting yourself sit in the sadness of losing someone, like getting the full brunt of the sadness. Yeah, definitely. I think that you can't fully process an emotion if you just let it, if you brush it off. So, yeah, you want to feel it. You want to feel all the goods and all the bads. Yeah. I don't know. Last semester, uh, the spring semester was really interesting because I took a class called Philosophy of Death, and I just learned a lot about death. And then, after as soon as that class ended, I had like my grandmother passed away, and then my friend I used to work with passed away. And yeah, just like let yourself be sad because if you don't let yourself be sad, that sadness is gonna like linger in the background for a long time. Yeah. And you're never gonna get to that point where hey, maybe I can assimilate what they learned. Or what they taught me. Yeah, definitely. Through their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all of that. You had a couple interesting points you wanted to bring up, and I thought that'd be a good way to wrap up the this little episode. 
Yeah, so we re- Aaron and I recently had dinner with one of our the priests at St. Joe's University. And so we went and had dinner with him and we had a really nice three hour conversation, <laughs> which <laughs> honestly, I think we're still trying to unwrap because he's just such such a wise person. But one of the main... We'll try to get him on the... Po- Sorry, we'll try to get him on the podcast yes, someday. At He's some point. Father McNally, yeah. for those who, who know him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Aaron and I were telling him about our semester and, you know, we're seniors now and whatever, everyone's asking us the main question of what are you doing next year? And we both don't have any answer to that. But he was pretty much <laughs> just saying, like, we don't have to solve the world's problems all at once. Take it one step at a time. And for me, he said that in terms of you know, something he used to do when he would sit down and write his papers was try to solve the world's problems through the paper he was writing. But he said, that's not, that's not what you should be doing. <laughs> that's not what you should be doing. You just have to write the damn paper. And so I think that this year that serves as a metaphor for our lives. And for Aaron and I, you know, we frequently tried to solve the world's problems through our papers we were mm-hmm. writing. And so mm-hmm. it's really important for us to just remember to take it one step at a time, not try to solve the world's problems through our papers and just write the damn paper. Yeah. Yeah. He said his, he was like really stressed about this one paper he was writing. And then he went to like his advisor and his advisor's like, you're not offering anything to your field. Mm -hmm. Like nobody in your field is even going to read this paper. Stop stressing about it. You're just writing a paper. And he he was so like, you need to understand this. This is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And Camille and I, like we were driving home, we're like, oh my God, that was so important. (laughs) (laughs) I wish somebody said it to me before my senior year. Yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to to solve the climate crisis with one paper about dirt. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, just relax. Like you don't need to put 40 citations in a research paper. It's just a paper. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. that lesson can carry it through into our lives because i had a conversation with the professor and he was like the biggest mistake people make as soon as they graduate is that they want to immediately add value to their field and they want to immediately make a difference people who are 22 to 24 to 26 they they want to be like these revolutionary people and really you're supposed to still learn in those whatever years after college you're supposed to be learning about how your field works And then extending that, you're supposed to always keep learning. Yeah, I think it's important. There are definitely people who are extremely smart and brilliant at at our age. And so I think it's easy to idealize who you want to be and model after that person who's making a change who's your age. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's better to set yourself up on on a pace to still try to get there and take those baby steps instead of trying to do everything at once. It's like the short-term goals versus the long-term goals. It's okay to want to do that and it's okay to set those goals. But instead of trying to meet those within a year or two, instead of discouraging mm-hmm. yourself if you can't meet those in a short short amount of time, still go for those goals. Just set it on a longer time period. And this is like that quote, um, we overestimate the amount that we can do in a short amount of time and underestimate what we can do in a long amount of time. You can still set out to do all these things. You just have to be more patient with yourself if you can't get it done in one or two years. I mean, that right there is so meaningful. Life is long. You're going to have a long time to contribute. Mm -hmm. Don't try to do it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And so last but not least. Our intentions for next year. Yeah. 
I think personally, I just want to continue asking myself if I need whatever material thing I'm looking into purchasing. And I want to make sure I also prioritize what I need and know that that's enough. That's my Mm. first one. What's your first one? I haven't made like a big list of them, but I'm kind of thinking I should just simplify it. And so you got me this book for Christmas called I Am the Word. And it's written by Paul Selig, but it's a channeled text. So Paul Selig is a channel and these beings called the guides talk to him. And the guides are almost like angels or like human beings who have been become enlightened. And so then they transcend this physical realm. But it, it sounds very, very, very strange. But what this book is talking about is so true. And I've heard, I've heard Paul Selig on a number of Aubrey Marcus podcasts which we'll link in the show notes, but man, the guides are pretty smart. This book is about, it's talking a lot about Christ, but Christ as in like, you know, Christ, the Christ itself, the ultimate state that you can become as a human being. And it's like almost modeled after the person of Jesus, but it doesn't get like lost in the weeds of the human institution. It's talking about, okay, how can you get to this higher level, this higher chord this higher state of being, this Christ, this Christ itself. And so I'm going to keep unpacking that idea. But yeah, just trying my best to be my highest self and then being that highest self enough, being comfortable with it, and then moving through the world in that higher state. So that's something I'm going to be working on, like working on my Christ itself. I don't know what that means yet, but I'm going to work on it. Cool. I think beyond my asking myself what I need... Um, I don't think it just goes for my material possessions. I think it also go- goes for taking care of myself, which I think I need to work on a lot. So I think I'm going to ask myself what I can do to best take care of myself and how I can do that frequently and often throughout the year. There's definitely still more I need to unpack, but I think that's yeah, me too. a very big one for me. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get a dog soon, so... You got to be ready for the dog. Oh, I'm ready for the dog. <laughs> I'm ready. Do you have for any like dog. Do you have any big like milestones or goals coming up this next year? Milestones? Or We're goals? We're graduating. Whoa, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Aaron and I are graduating from college. In terms of goals, I'm going to be running participants and all that stuff for my research, so your, I'm excited. Research. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be finishing my track career. There you go. That's a big one. And I'm going to break some records. Nice. So, well, some personal records. Um, That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Cool. That sounds pretty good, Camille. Sounds pretty good, Aaron. We're a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Our speaking, our learning. Everything. Everything, everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down and having this conversation, Camille. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> It's all mahalo. Bye, everyone. As always, everybody, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being here and for supporting Camille and I on this brand new podcast venture. So we hope that you come back next year and continue to listen and maybe get something out of it, too. Uh, Some exciting stuff is coming up for Camille and I, and it's all mahalo. We're launching our website pretty soon. we got a lot of cool stuff on there from blog posts to show notes to podcast players to maybe Camille's store eventually. 
So that will be in the works. So keep your ears peeled. And also our Instagram page at It's All Mahalo. We're going to start posting a lot more in 2020. So to get the most recent updates, you might want to go give that a follow. That'd be great. All right, everybody, we hope you enjoy a great first week of 2020. Get off to a good start. And if you don't, get right back up and get right back on it because that is what we do here. It's all about learning. So from us to you, Happy New Year, and we'll see you soon.